Is there not an entire section on this subject? No, yes, I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have, I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is, your, is your book for sale about it? Yes, what have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. Let me tell you, 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 let News, I mean, I'll, the only news we really hear anything right now is coronavirus and uh, Trump is screwing it all up and economic shutdown and just, I don't know, just seems like I mean, no one's talking about politics anymore. Um, but do we know who's the Democratic candidate for president this year? There is still an election happening, right? Um, and we're not hearing anything about Bernie and Biden. Um are either one of these guys still alive? Do we even know? Um, anybody keeping tabs on them? Have they been tested? I mean, the last interview that Ber that Biden had, um, well, the last one that I saw anything about, he seemed to have a little bit of a cough. So, you know, we might just want to check in on those old dudes and uh, just make sure they're doing all right. But it is what it is right this is this is the the world we live in at the moment and it's all about uh COVID-19 you see I've got my uh, abortion tracker going on at the top here so we are definitely going to be talking about that at some point here in a little bit and you'll we'll get there but just know it's up there we're going to talk about abortion so uh get it done um here's a, a I've got the we will adopt your baby sign from end abortion now up there. I've got some friends that are in Colorado that are looking to adopt. Um, so I'm going to connect with the end abortion now guys. And uh, they, they want to adopt a baby that would otherwise been aborted. I mean, that's their desire. I, mean, I think they'll, they'll adopt whoever uh, uh, that God puts there for them to adopt, but their hope their desire is to uh, save a baby from being murdered. So um, props to them. They've got a private group on Facebook. I'm not going to mention their names at this point in time. I'll talk to them, see if it's something that they want me to you know, mention at any point in time. But for right now, we'll just leave it at that. So, um, yeah. Uh, so let's talk. I, I, I want to be as responsible as I can about this, this COVID-19 stuff, coronavirus. Um, you know, still, still, I, I've got the little song in my head, COVID-19. Uh, but so we'll, we'll start with that. We'll talk a little bit of stats. So, and this is as of just today, within the last few hours. I apologize, I've been fighting that yawn, and I just keep thinking I could get away with it, but 
Um, so total 336,000 confirmed deaths. That is, um, that would be point, we've got 337 million people. So, uh, you know, 10%, 300. So we're just about 1%. I have to do the math. Sorry. Um, I don't want to say it's 0.01% when it's actually 1% uh, or 0.1, but we are looking at 1% of the United States confirmed with coronavirus. Now, this number total recovered, I don't know how they get that number. Um, again, how are they tracking that? I don't know. I would expect to see that number increase greatly over the next few days as, again, the period of being ill with this disease, this virus, and so on. So that number is probably going to go up quite a bit in the next little few days. Total deaths: we are at nine thousand six hundred and twenty deaths. So again, a very very low number. We are talking point zero zero something percent of people have died. Now, is that number going to go up? Likely. We'll see 8,700 uh, treated in ICU. Um, daily cases receiving treatment, 309,000. We would like, hope to see that. Uh, daily confirmed cases, 1,018 per million of population. So about 1%, again, is what we're running on contagion. And the death rate is far less at this point than what they were saying it was going to be. Um, and again, uh, so here's the deal and, and not trying to steal this from Steve Dace, but this is reality. I'm constantly think can assuming I'm being lied to on all of this. There's a video and I was going to play it in here, but I decided I didn't want to, I want to try to keep this to as, as short of an episode as possible. Cause I really want to go to bed and it's late. Um, so I wanted to get it out, get it done, and then deal with it. I mean, I'm still probably going to be about a 30-minute uh, episode as usual, but just not adding that video in. But I digress. <laughs> um, the video is multiple people going out to these hospitals that they're showing you on TV that the media is saying they're overwhelmed, they're overwhelmed, they're overwhelmed. And people are going out and going, there's nobody here. We're seeing real-time video, and there's nobody there. You know, I mean, yes, understandably, New York is basically the epicenter of this in the United States and New York City. And so, but we have the capacity to move people to other places. There are literally hospitals that are laying off staff or putting staff on standby because they have nothing for them to do. They're not being overwhelmed. Every hospital in this country is not being overwhelmed. Every hospital in New York State is not being overwhelmed. I mean, we are looking at right now. They're saying eight thousand seven hundred two people um, on on in ICUs. Now, let's. I don't know exactly how many ICU beds New York has, but let's say half of that, four thousand people, are on are in ICUs. How many hospitals are in New York? How many ICU beds are in New York? I'm almost willing to guarantee that if they were to medevac these patients, 
to other hospitals within the state within a, a 30, 50, 100, 250 mile radius. They have the beds. They have the people. They have the staff to manage this. I guarantee you there are hospitals that are not being overwhelmed. They're not being overwhelmed here in Utah. They're not being overwhelmed in Iowa, where I listen to Steve Dace talk about it all the time. They're not being overwhelmed in places like Illinois and Mississippi, Kentucky. These are, I mean, there's so many places. And these are just places where I've listened to uh, people, reporters, podcasters, whatever, who are dealing with this stuff. So... We have the capacity to medevac patients to wherever we need to, to where this can be managed. This does not need to be the crisis that they're making it into. Now, and, and here's the thing. Don't think that I don't have a dog in this fight. Don't think I don't. I have a, I have a friend right now who's in the ICU in Colorado. I, I just performed their wedding less than a year ago, maybe just over a year ago. They may have hit their first anniversary at this point. I'm not, I don't remember uh, the exact date. I could check Facebook, but I'm not. Um, so within the last year, I performed their wedding. He is now in an ICU. Could be on a ventilator by this point. I don't know. So it's not that I don't care. There are people that I know and people that I love who are being affected by this. I mean, my mother-in-law is is uh, susceptible to this. I, I can never think the the word that I want to say. It's two, almost two in the morning. So, um, right, I'm tired. I should I should really record these earlier in the evening. Um, but I have a family to take care of. So, um, but my mother-in-law um, is susceptible to this. I have underlying conditions that my wife worries about. I have diabetes. I have hypertension. I have I have underlying conditions, but I'm fairly healthy. I'm pretty sure if I get this, and I honestly think I already had this, um, and my daughter already had this, um, I'm fully confident that with my health, even with my health, I'm going to pull through. You know, it's, it might be a really rough, severe cold, but I'm going to make it through. So, again, I'm not trying to be flippant, but this is being turned into something more than it needs to be. And, and in reality, here, here's, here's the reality of it. Is now, we're looking at this, and I have a friend that is in the hospital right now, as we speak, in the hospital right now, being treated for this, tested positive. He, he has it. He's being treated. He's in an ICU. This is a real-life person that I know and that I love, but this is also another real life person that I know and that I love that could potentially lose his livelihood, his coffee shop because of the way that they are reacting to this. And I will say it, I will say overreacting to this. There is no reason why healthy people cannot be out and about going to work, doing the things that they need to do while we are asking for those people who are uh, susceptible to, with with underlying conditions to make them more uh, vulnerable to this, to stay home. Quarantine should be voluntary. We should not be having these these stay at home orders that are happening. This is this is not the way we should be. And I'm sorry, 
You know, I know people are going to be mad and so on. Again, I'm not, I'm not coming at this as somebody who doesn't have a dog in the hunt. I want my friend to recover. I would be horrified if I have to do a wedding a year ago and a funeral within a year. Right? I want my, this friend to recover. I want people to be healthy, healthy. I want the people I love to be safe. But I also want the people that I love to be able to support their families. I do not want to see a depression happen in this country. And that's where we're headed because of the way this is being handled. I mean, literally, this could be handled by washing hands. You know, there's a better way than shutting down the economy. There really is. You know, but this is the reality of where we, we sit right now. I have multiple friends who own their own businesses who may lose these businesses. People who have been in business for almost 20 years could be completely, permanently shutting the doors of their business because of the way this is happening. And I'm sorry, Trump's little stimulus package is not going to help. What it what is twelve hundred dollars or twenty four hundred dollars or whatever these people might get in this? You know, or are they selling a portion of their you know giving a portion of their business to the government? This is scary. This is horrifying to people who recognize the constitutional rights that we have. All around this entire thing is just a horrifying situation. You know, we're, we're seeing, and, but then here's the thing, and here's where I'm going to get into my little, my own personal soapbox that you knew I was going to get to because the abortion thing is up. You've got abortion clinics that are still murdering babies. Abortion clinics that are still killing children in this country right now operating even in places where like Texas where they were told Governor Abbott said you will shut down and they are saying no we will not. And so in those same situations where you have abortion clinics so you have people that are going out and and pleading with women not to murder their babies outside of these abortion clinics and with that I don't know it's a, it's a really bad picture this is the only picture I could get. Um, that showed David Benham. I don't know if you've ever watched the show that they had, the Benham brothers, where they, they flipped houses and stuff like that. But he was outside. He's got a, uh, a charity and, and a, a ministry that he is part of that he, or, uh, he organized, he founded, called Cities for Life. And they were out protest. I hate to say protesting because they weren't. They were preaching the gospel. They were offering help. They were offering to say, we will adopt your baby if you will not murder your baby. They were out here for these women to plead with them not to kill their children in a, in a clinic that should have been shut down with all the other places that are shut down. But these women were going in to have abortions and he's out there and David Benham was arrested. They had less than 10 people, even though the story, the headline said mass gathering. He said they had less than 10 people. And there's video. You can verify it. If you go to, to the Benham Brothers uh, Twitter page and there's video out there of it. They were maintaining six feet apart from each other. They were practicing social distancing. There were less than 10 people out there and they were pleading and they were arrested. I think four people were arrested. 
in this that they that because they were outside literally because they were outside and we're hearing this all over the place we're hearing about you know people who who are going out and that are going for a walk or whatever family units i, I watched a, a a video from australia or something where there was like four people in a, a vehicle and they were saying well one of you can drive it home but the rest of you have to get out because you're too close to each other what in the world is happening this is absolutely ridiculous I mean, I went and played a poker game the other night with some guys from church. We had our quarantine poker game. Literally, at this point, in so many places, we could have all been arrested. Not just for playing poker, but uh, for uh, being too close to each other. For sitting at a table where we weren't six feet apart. This is the extreme that people are going to. And it is horrifying. It is horrifying that they are going to this level of dare I say, insanity. Yes, I want people to be safe. I don't want my mother-in-law to catch this virus. I don't want my friend to be in the hospital. I have, I have other friends who tested positive who have already recovered. But I don't want to see our country plunged into socialism because of this. It's, this is the, the strangest, scariest time, you know, and, and, and I'm a post mill guy and I'm almost, I'm almost going, ah, it just feels like this is all straight out of the book of revelation, right? I mean, this is just earthquakes. We had earthquakes in Utah, so that's what people are talking about, but pestilence and, and, you know, and famine, and I guess we're not really dealing with famine yet, but I mean, literally we have, uh, farmers that are having to, to throw away milk because they're not selling it in the stores. They're not able to get it to the stores. We're I literally have damaged everybody. This is, this is, this is hurting everybody. We're already starting to see stories of suicides because of the economic downturn, people who are losing their businesses. We're seeing suicides because of people who suspect that they have not even getting their testing back, but they're, this is, this is the panic that is caused and the, the panic is worse than the disease. And we, we've got, you know, it's good. Like I said last week and, and, and probably even the week before, we're coming to a point in time where Americans have got to stand up and say, no more. We are going back to work. We are going to go back and we are going to, to you know, regain our livelihood. We are going to go back and regain the, the world that we had if we, can re if we can ever regain it. If we can ever get that back, which I mean, nothing's going to be the same. At this point, it's like there's there's massive change. This and and literally, I'm watching people on both sides, and this may be the catalyst to get people to to actually elect Bernie. And literally put a socialist in our in the Oval Office, to watch this this downward spiral continue to go. And I'm a sovereignty of God guy. So I know every part of this is God isn't surprised by it. God's not freaking out. He knows what he's doing. 
I might be freaking out a little bit, but I trust God. Right? I, I mean, that's all I can do is sit back and trust God and pray. <laughs> pray for my friend in the hospital. Pray for my friends that might lose their businesses. Pray for, for men who are willing to stand up for the lives of children and go to jail. I mean, this is something that I used to joke about, and now it's reality. I used to joke with our pastor at church and say, you better get a, a, a bail fund for Norm because I do this stuff. I go out and go on the street, and, and I, I was tempted to go out and do it today. Just go find somewhere and start preaching. You know, Costco's still open. Walmart's still open. I mean, now they're they're like lining people up and only allowing so many people at a time in the stores, which again, I think is ridiculous. I mean, it just, every time you see a picture, it just brings up uh, images of bread lines and so on. Empty shelves and lines outside of the stores. And they're only allowing so many people in at a time. It literally is getting to the, the point where, I mean... I'm, I'm not surprised that there are, are pastors that are out there preaching that this is the end times. And if those pastors happen to be inside their churches, then they, they run the risk of being arrested. Rodney Howard Brown, I hate, I, I shouldn't say hate, can't stand the guy's doctrine and his teaching. He's a heretic. But yet he shouldn't have been arrested for holding a church service. I mean, I just had the conversation with, with another guy on Facebook. You know, all these these faith healers, not one of them have gone out and healed anybody from COVID. Because apparently you can't heal COVID by lengthening somebody's leg. Parlor tricks don't work. So these guys, and, and he, I, I posted a thing about it, and he posted something about it, said it was criminal. And I'm like, well, it might be immoral, it might be unethical, but it's really not criminal. Nothing that they're doing is against the law. Nothing worth being arrested for, you know, proclaiming, saying that you can heal somebody. Even the fact that you're, you're conning people out of their money to pay you to, to assume that they're going to be healed. Still, that is not criminal. Unethical, immoral, not Christian, absolutely. All of those things. Criminal, no. Not yet. But with the way things are going and the things we are seeing... It's coming soon. Very soon. Right? So that's what we're dealing with. And I really just wanted to, I want to, I want to bring up these numbers again. Because I want to look at them. Now, I know a lot of people are just like horrified that you know, we would, we would look at, um, abortion statistics in comparison with COVID-19. But I'm going to do it. So total deaths from from this 9,620 so far. That's one that's 10% of what planned parenthood has killed this year in the womb. The United States today, since 100 and 200, since we started, or well, since today, since you loaded this page worldwide, a thousand 
almost 2,000 babies have been murdered since you loaded this page around the world. Today, 9,000. We are almost to, in, 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 in today, in whatever time you're watching this, so, I mean, by the time you, you watch this, this number should be much higher. But, um, literally, we're almost to the amount of deaths in the womb as we have in the U.S. over this whole thing. These people are still claiming to be essential and in their clinics and out there killing babies today. While the rest of the world hunkers in place in fear for their lives, Planned Parenthood's like, well, let's go out and kill a few more. This is the world we live in right now. Pastors are going to jail for standing outside of abortion clinics pleading with women not to murder their babies. But babies are being murdered. Pastors are going to jail. Churches are being ordered to shut down. Abortion clinics are staying open. This is, this is, this is the existence that we have. Daily, I get more and more frustrated looking at what is going to happen. You know, I mean, I, I work in an, an essential profession, but if more and more of my customers start putting because they can't afford to pay for their their services that I perform put their their accounts on hold or cancel or whatever or don't allow me to come do them how long is it going to be before I lose a job or we have to start letting other guys go and not everybody can just go out and and find one i mean t- over 10 million uh, unemployment uh, filings in the last week. It was 6.6 million the week before. And it's going to keep going up and up and up because people have got to pay their bills. We've got to find another way to, to do this. There has to be, there has to be a, a, a medium where we can keep people safe, but we're not destroying people's livelihoods either. You know, you hear it on, on this side. Well, we should do whatever we can even to save one life. Well, people are dying on the other side of this, and they're doing it to themselves. Or they're losing their jobs, and they're going to lose their homes. We're going to watch homeless rates go up. We're going to watch... Shelters get overwhelmed with people who don't have homes anymore. I mean, unless they're just going to like just put a complete halt to banking and and stuff like that. People are still going to lose their homes because the bank's going to say, I want my money. So should we not have the same attitude to say we should let people go back to work, work if it'll save one life? Right? Isn't that the same argument? This is that's what my show is all about, is being consistent. Should we not let people go back to work if it's gonna save one life? 
or we can sit on the again there has to be a medium there has to be a middle ground and i guarantee you there are people out there who can find it what I mean there've been people talking about it you know the the way that they did in south korea where they you know logically where they said okay if you're young and you're healthy and you can go out and you can do what you do and, and maintain your daily lives and create a herd immunity and then if you're older or infirm or uh you know vulnerable to to underlying issues that would be exacerbated by this disease then stay home you let that's i mean I've, i heard it what read it on Facebook somewhere this week or Twitter or something, but telling the sick people to stay home is quarantine. Telling healthy people to stay home is tyranny. And you may not like hearing that, but that's the reality of it. And believe me, I'm I, again, I sit here with, with friends who have, have had had it and recovered. And one friend who is, you know, could be on a ventilator by now fighting for his life who has it and and multiple people in my own home who are very vulnerable to it so i'm not coming at this with 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 blinders on or you know one track vision of just this is the conservative thing or the republican no that's not what i am but I'm looking at the big picture and going, we've got to find a better way. Because either way, lives are being destroyed. And when we do come out of this and when we do, when they do start sending people back to work, the numbers are going to go back up. Because this didn't just go away. You know, I mean, literally, you would have to be completely, you know, nobody goes out, every store, everything shut out, everybody in their homes. and But then again, you have to get their food and, and so on. So there's literally no way you're going to kill this virus without letting it run its course. Letting it do what it's going to do the same way we do every year with the flu and, and swine flu and bird flu and SARS and MERS and all the things that we've already gone through. We've got to go through this. It's an inevitable thing. I mean, yeah, we can flatten the curve or do whatever, but it's going to cause a, a, a curve of a different kind because of the way we're reacting. So Christians, how do we deal with this? How do we deal with this? Again, that's that's my thing, right? It's the it's the Christian worldview. How do we be consistent and deal with it? We pray. We do everything that we can to protect our neighbor and love our neighbor. That means washing our hands. That means if we have grandparents that are somewhere, don't go visit. Don't go visit for a little while. Keep them at home and safe. You know, get deliveries of food and stuff like that to them somehow figure it out stay away from your friends that are diabetic or asthmatic or respiratory compromised or immunocompromised any of those things stay away from them <clears throat> but get out and do your thing continue to live continue to, to provide for your family and your home keep going out and buying coffee You know, 
we have to continue to live. We're going to see people die, and that's an unfortunate reality. But we've gone through it before. And we're seeing people's livelihoods destroyed because of a, a, a monumental overreaction. And again, I apologize if, if, that, if that offends you. But it's reality. It's what it is. It's real. And so we, as Christians, we, we take care. We love our neighbor. We love our God. And we pray. We pray, God, find a way to be glorified in this. And how can God be the most glorified in this? People are scared and people are looking for answers. So we need to go out and give them the gospel. And that's the best thing we can do, even if we have to do it from six feet away through a mask. However it is that you do it, get out there and preach the gospel at all times. Use words because they're necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.